joining us here on the Neutral Zone. I am Phil Milani, joined as always by my esteemed colleague, my partner in crime. Really, the best way to describe this person is my everything. It's at Eric Delal. Phil, the happiest podcast you'll ever podcast. I'm still on cloud nine over here. Yeah, we're recording this on a Thursday afternoon following the conclusion of mandatory minicamp. Oh, was that going on today? <laughs> that was. I was here at Mandatory Minicamp. Phil, you were off riding on a fire truck somewhere. Well, I've waited 47 years, Eric, and... Uh, That's right, plus the additional 20 years that you've been alive. <laughs> and uh, the whole city gathered, and uh, we had a nice time. Yeah, you, of course, good. were up at the parade. Yeah. For the Denver Nuggets were taking their shirts off and... I, spraying of course, alcohol. had my shirt also off. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I uh, took my son there. It was fun. Yeah. It was a nice little time. Throwing him up in the air. Yeah. I was like, catch my baby. <laughs> <laughs> Sign his forehead. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, yeah, you just let him loose, and then you're like, oh, yeah. oh, now I have to go on the float. That's a good way to do Smart. it. Smart. Yeah. But, yeah, it was a nice time, uh, Eric. Uh, I think that um, a lot of uh, Broncos talked this week about the Nuggets winning the championship, and, uh, you know, I think that it's uh, cool for – other sports teams to get involved too, like they, you know, they're fans of the Nuggets, and uh, you know, being at the parade today, Eric, it reminded me of the parade in 2016, mm. and just going down 17th there, right in the middle of downtown. There's really nothing like that. Eric. Nope, need to get back there. Sean Payton talked about that. He said that uh, winning a Super Bowl is like. Seeing a photo of it times 10,000 or 100,000. Oh, yeah. and it's better than that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but he said seeing those, uh, the parade, seeing them win, reminded him of that uh, feeling. And yeah, the Broncos want to get back there. Especially, you know, with a Super Bowl, like you are playing in a different city, you know? So, like, you, true. Fact you check, true. go play somewhere, then you come back for the parade, and it's really the first time the whole city gets it. Unless you're the in, you Buccaneers know. or the Rams, of course, back to yeah, back. That's true. That's true. But I, as far as we know, Phil, no Super Bowls currently planned for Denver. That's true. So, but I was happy that the Nuggets won it at home because it's sure, kind of yeah, makes it nice. a little more sp- like the Avs won it in Tampa the year before. Yeah, Tampa. and the whole arena well, clears out. You know what I mean? And what even just, is a Tampa? I don't even know what a Tampa is. Yeah, Ybor yeah, City. Exactly. exactly. Is it a bay? Is it what is it? You know what I mean? It's confusing, but congratulations to the Denver Nuggets. I yep. think it's a uh, congrats to them. Congrats to you. And now we can move forward and talk about the last. Well, the last thing I'll say oh, about that is uh, keep going. It's so each game is so stressful, Eric. Yep. That, you know, for two months here, pretty much every other night, it was really stressful. Uh huh. And so I'm glad I don't have to be in that mode anymore. Mm. But at the same time, you miss it. What a journey. You know what I mean? And even just as a fan, just wow. sit, you know, in your living room. Imagine if you had been in a locker room, like, oh, you, you would have been smoking a cigar, you would have been taking photos with a trophy, just like I the rest of the imagine. media. Yeah, the rest of the media. You, of course, don't like this. I don't, I don't agree with that. You think that if you work for the media, even if you're a local station, yep. you should be in there objectively covering Correct. the... yeah. The celebration. I do. It doesn't mean you can't uh, internally enjoy it, but I don't. Uh, I don't think you should be doing some of that nonsense. Yeah. Now, well, I, of course, Phil. If if the Broncos were to win a Super Bowl, we are employed by the Denver Broncos. We are. Yeah, it's a we'll little be, bit different. We'll be going uh, crazy. Yeah, it's a little bit different. I I agree with you for the most part that like, if you're a reporter uh, for working for an outlet covering the team, you need to be like a one step removed because if something bad happens, yeah. you got to be able to cover it and report on it. And so I, I agree with you there. But at the same time, I also think that if you are employed by a, like a local outlet, there is some mutual um, sort of benefit to your team being good. Do you know what I mean? Sure, like, yeah. uh, like the Denver Post, all the local TV stations, they benefit from this additional coverage and everybody being so sure, tapped in, in excited. you know what I mean? Yeah. And so let, there's some there's but, some part of it where if the people you're that are reading you or watching you, they're consuming it, and you're like, I'm trying to just feed Nuggets fans, 
I think you kind of get into it too. As yeah, and let me be clear here: I'm not singling anybody out because a lot of people are yeah. excited. A lot of people are doing similar things, and it's not it's not uh, unique to Denver. It happened all across happens all yeah. across the country every year with with local people. It just Phil, I'm a I'm a pure R. If you're covering it though for like ESPN or like Yahoo or like mm. your national outlet, then yeah, you you you're in you're in the celebration every year. Yeah. So you you don't get caught up in it. But when it's the team that you're covering and you know the guys and you're happy for them and they're all celebrating and you're like, hey, I'm gonna just take a photo here. Like how often am I gonna be in this exact situation? I don't I don't particularly have an issue with it, but if you worked for me, it'd be the last time you're in that situation. <laughs> I understand where you're coming from though, Eric. No, I'm kidding. I, no, I, I'm I'm glad everybody was happy and had fun and enjoyed themselves and yeah. uh I understand where you're coming from. For the from. gram, you know. I understand where you're coming from, but I, I do think that um, especially local local sports. I like a line between fan and reporter. Little, yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's okay. That's interesting. As a, well, never mind. Oh, do you know what Well, I, mean? I was going to make like a song reference, but I think the, the oh. singer got canceled, so I was going to stay away from it. Oh, got it. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't do it. Just stay away. It was a good reference, though. Anyway, you referring to songs is probably a bad idea, no matter <laughs> yeah, who exactly. it is. Yeah, so just not yeah. do it. Um, but we can't talk a little Broncos. That'd be that'd be nice. We'll talk about a mandatory mini camp, yeah. Eric. Uh, really, the first time that we've got a lot of access to the team here. You know, we heard from uh, a lot of players this week. We heard from a lot of coaches this week. Watched all the practices. Oh, you did. I missed one. Yeah, what what uh, Greg Dulcich and Kareem Jackson, of course, talked Thursday. What stood out to you about what they said? Well, you know, Dulcich, you know, he's just, this is an opportunity for him, and he's got to stay healthy this year. Yep. And I thought that that was uh, really interesting. And, you know, Kareem talking about coming back, yeah. you know, and being part of the team and playing with Justin again. And, of course, his relationship with Vance Joseph, you right. know, uh, the, these types of things are all really important. That's true. That, that stood out to me, too. So... I think that that's uh, those are like really important things that we learned this week. Right. Yeah. So, um, but I thought there was a couple of things we could get into a, sure. uh, a, a little bit. Of course, Vance Joseph being back in Denver now after uh, his two year stint as the head coach. He spent four years uh, as the Cardinals defensive coordinator. Now he's back in Denver. Said that Denver's his home. Yep. Still has a home here. Mm. Those two are different things. Correct. Having a home. And it being home, that's different. Okay. But he said this is home. And so we'll get into that a little bit. Okay. Um, and then maybe we'll talk a little bit about Pat Sertan. Ooh. So much talk about how he could get better at cornerback. D-Max Revenge. If he can get, uh, you know, some more interceptions. Yep. One thing that we just totally forgot to talk about is what if uh, he's returning punts? We forgot about that. We forgot to talk about that. <laughs> but it and, came uh, up. It came up. What was the other thing we wanted to talk about? There was a third thing. I think, yeah, we, we wanted to, to about. talk about also um, the Pat Sertan and the Vance Joseph. And uh, there was one other thing that we were trying to talk about. What was it? Maybe we'll figure it out on the road ahead. Goodness gracious. Yeah. That'd be kind I of a surprise to, topic. Uh, there was a, yeah, there was a third topic there that we were trying to, uh, to bring you after. There was just so much, you know, this week during mini camp that we were like, uh, the Sertan really was uh, was the one that cut us off. And then, um, gosh, can you remember what it oh, was? Oh, we were going to talk about um, uh, the Broncos, of course, signed Frank Clark. Oh, yeah. What other areas? Yeah, what other areas could they sign somebody? Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, Sean Payton talked a little bit about that on Thursday morning, just yep. saying, hey, uh, I don't want to use the word light in areas. Right. He didn't want to refer to any position groups because he he's pretty happy with where the Broncos are right yep. now. Um, but he did say that. 365 days of the year, Eric, they're always looking to improve the roster. Right. Christmas morning, try to improve the roster. Well, of course. New Year's. Get a little gift under the tree. Yeah. New Year's, new player. Yeah. You know, 4th, 4th of July, July, new player. Halloween, new player. That actually is possible. 365 days. Yeah. What about what if there's a leap year? You think they do the extra one or no? 366, yeah. Oh. Did you know that a year it takes the the, the Earth I do know to this. go around three hundred sixty five point two five? I do know that. So the leap year is more just so our calendar can catch up. Just yeah, exactly, exactly. Correct. Makes you think. Yeah. Kind of crazy. Yeah. 
Uh, so we'll talk about, hey, are there some other positions where the Broncos might find uh, its version of Frank Clark? Yes. So we'll get into that, Eric. But before we do that, this is an interactive show, Eric. It absolutely is, Phil. There are so many ways that you can get in touch so with many. us. There's so many. You could leave an email at neutralzoneshow at gmail.com. You could leave a voice message, 707 Neutral. We'll play it right here on the air. You could tweet at us directly on Twitter at Phil Milani with a PH or at Eric Delala with an A. Non traditional spelling. That, of course, is true. Phil, uh, before we get to our favorite way, I will say that somebody reached out on Twitter, Ooh, sent me yeah. a direct message. I thought I would read it a here. A DM? A DM. Oh. They slid in there. Okay. Let's hear this it. is from Tom. Tom. T-H-O-M or just the T-O-M? Uh, just T-O-M. Got it. Traditional. Traditional. Uh, he says, love the show. I'm a lifelong Saints fan, but there's a special place in my heart for Coach Payton. Mm. He spoiled us. As a Saints fan, I had come to expect the worst each year until we won Super Bowl 44. Then Saints fans expected to win it all every year. LOL. Anyway, <laughs> cheering for Coach Payton and the Broncos as long as they're not playing the Saints. And I look forward to listening to your podcast this upcoming season. Keep up the good work. Oh, that was always, nice. Always love a uh, – thank you, Tom. We always love a a new listener. Yeah. Uh, particularly when they come over from another team like AJ, who is a big Teddy Bridgewater fan. Teddy Bridgewater fan. He joined yeah. us for a year and then went away forever. Um, but, Tom, welcome to the uh, the Broncos bandwagon. Yeah, this is uh, – welcome to NZ Nation. Welcome. Send you a sticker. We're happy to have you. DM us your uh, address, Tom. We'll get you a sticker. We'll send you a sticker. Phil is on that. We'll send you a sticker. They still exist. But what's our favorite way? Our favorite usually? way, Phil, is that you can leave a comment on the Broncos' official YouTube page. You mosey on over there. Maybe you get home from the parade. You're looking for content. Hmm. You say, I'm kind of onto the Broncos now that the Onto Nuggets the are Broncos. done. You go over to the Broncos' official YouTube page. You click the neutral zone. Maybe you watch it. That could be really you gotta nice. You got to watch it. You got to watch and it. And then you leave a comment, and we will read our favorite ones right here on the air. This one is from at y'all 03001. Ooh, okay. Zero three zero zero one. But their zip code. Happy parade day, Nuggets fans. This is from today. Phil won me over this year with all his Jokic shoutouts. That's nice. Are you paying attention there? Um, are we still talking <laughs> about the Nuggets? Okay, this one is from at Buff Bufferaldo. Okay, at Bufferaldo. Phil, and I need you, Eric, and I miss you. I don't really know what that means, but. If, if you're talking about, hey, there's a little break here before training camp starts, what's going to happen to my neutral zone, we're, we're still going to be here. So I need you. I miss you. Hold on. I think I might know what that uh, might be about. Is that a thing? Are you Googling it? I'm, I'm looking it up. Hold on. And I need you and I miss you. Is that a song? Yep. So uh, last week we referenced, uh, I said uh, that someone was making their way downtown, walking fast, uh-huh. faces past. Course, a thousand miles by Vanessa Carlton. So he's oh, doing is... a chorus. I need you. And I miss you. Oh, this is Vanessa Carlton. Yeah, got they it. They're replying it, to that song reference. Oh, really uh, pretty. Uh, That's nice. P- pretty daring to suggest we would remember what we talked about last week. <laughs> but uh, we got there. Thank you. We need you and miss you too. Speaking of last week's episode, we talked about the wide receiver room. Yep. Uh, this is from at ggg fifteen. Okay. My predictions for the wide receivers, Jerry, Court, Tim, Marquez, Mims, Brandon Johnson. Oh, wow. Six. Six. Yeah. Okay. So no, uh, no, K- no KJ Hamler in that. No nope. little Jordan Humphrey. Nope. Um, Jalen Virgil, Kendall Hinton. Oh, I love Kendall. I know. Hinton. Me too. I me will too. say based on, uh, we're not allowed to talk much about what we have seen during OTAs and minicamp, but. Uh, Brandon Johnson's impressed me a couple times. Yeah, he's been uh, up with the, you know, he's been playing a lot out there with uh, with a lot of the, with the Broncos, with a lot of the guys that this commenter mentioned. So, wow, scoop said that. Um, see that on Pro Football Talk later. <laughs> Headline: Brandon Johnson playing a lot with the other guys. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Uh, at Guizai. Okay. Can we get some timestamps, bookmarks, please? You guys are funny, but I'm a busy adult, and I need to get to the core content quickly. Busy adult. That's true. Guizai. Do we need a longer commute? Why-zai. There are timestamps. Well, so I think the issue was last year we just had one, or last year, last week we just had one topic. Oh, so it was just so one. It was one timestamp that got you to that 
topic, but then it was 30 yeah, too minutes. Too much of, funny in that. Yeah. Got it, got it. I see. I see. We'll have more timestamps this week because we're talking about Vance Joseph, Pat Sertan, and something else. Yeah, the third topic, of course, is uh, the Frank Clark. Yeah. Last comment here. Uh, this is from Finessen Works 5679. If the wide receiver room was a loaded baked potato, what players would be what ingredients? Judy would be bacon bits, etc. This is from Finesse and Works 5679. Okay. Okay, what, what sort of baked potato toppings are we talking about? You got cheese? Sour cream. Did you say cheese? I just yeah, said cheese and chives. I combined cheese them. Cheese chives. Cheese and chives. <laughs> so you got cheese, you got chives. Sour, sour cream, cream, bacon bits, bacon bits, butter. butter. I think those are the main ones. Maybe some people put like a little chili on top. Oh, that's going a little crazy. That is. Okay, let's do those crazy. five. Yeah, the maybe. five. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think Jerry is the butter. Oh, he's smooth. It. Yeah. He, uh, he kind of, you know, the butter kind of, if it's melted. You have it, to have butter. It, you have to. You have to have It folds into the cracks of the potato. I agree with you. It finds its like it finds a spot to just exist and, and just catch that goodness. A dry baked potato, nobody wants. No, it. nobody wants. Nobody that. wants it. Uh, butter is probably is the most important uh, element of a good baked Correct. potato. You have to have that, and uh, and it it gets open. You know the same way that Jerry Judy does. Oh yeah, you know it like gets, it finds it, it finds its way oh, into see. those cracks. I see loose hips. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we got Jerry as butter. Okay. Corlin Sutton. Corlin Sutton. I'm gonna say he's bacon bits. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I, big play. Big play. Like, chunks yeah. of bacon. Uh, chunk play. Uh, uh, yeah. He's kind of like the you know he's he's the big receiver, um, kind of the the possession guy. He's got like that that uh, hardiness to him that some yeah. bacon has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Smoky or no? Like he's a little. Yeah. Maybe you maybe always smoke some defenders. You always want a little bit more. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like exactly. from Cortland, we're yeah, like, come yeah. on, get back to that 2019. Yeah. You had a taste? Sean, exactly. You want and more? you want some more bacon. Sean Payton, of course, this week said uh, Cortland dropped a pretty good album in 2019. That's true. That's true. Now they, they think the 2023 soundtrack will be pretty good. Yeah, he's looking for a good soundtrack. Yeah, so I think Cortland's that bacon. Okay. Okay. I'm surprised he didn't do this, Sean. Just went, he just went with the album. I mean, when he listens he to this, this, he'll yeah. do this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we got what? Sour cream, Tim Patrick? chives, yeah, and what do you think, uh, Tim cheese left? Yeah. Mm. I'm going to say... Uh, I'm going to say Tim Patrick is a cheese. Oh, really? I was going to say sour cream. So, oh, okay. Yeah, because he's got some edge to him, you know? Oh, like a like little bite. Like it's not like whipped cream. It's This is sour cream. A little bite. Okay, it's got some bite. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Oh. Yeah. Like like uh, whipped cream is just like always happy. No, sour cream has got mm. some edge. Edge? Yeah, some edge. Yeah. And, and it's like when you got sour cream, you're like, this is nice. This is nice. Yeah. Yeah. We went all out kinda to helps give you me get the over, sour It kind of helps you get over the edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, exactly. it's, it takes it to the next level. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes yeah. it's extra. You know, yeah. like some places, you want a little sour cream? Okay, that's going to be... That makes it like a supreme... What, what place is charging uh, you for sour cream? It's not guac. It's... You're at... You're some at, places, it's like guac. You're at a, a redacted burrito cream. place, and they're I'm like, can I have sour cream? They're like, that'll be extra. Yeah. Sometimes. You got to go to a different place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, I like that. A lot of times when you add sour cream, it's like that makes maybe it like, supreme. Maybe like packs a punch a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like Tim kind of did yeah. against the Raiders that one time. Exactly. Yeah. Punch. <laughs> nice. Okay, so cheese and chives. Cheese and chives. Kind of running out what of you, uh, receivers here. Think? I'll say. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, I was no, going to say Greg Dulcich. Oh, you want to put him in this? Is this cheating? I think it's a little cheating, but I'll say he's the chives because it's like okay, yeah. it's like a little sprinkle, like something extra. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's like a little bit uh, fancy. Like, what is this? Like a yeah, little yeah. fancy. This is nice. Yeah. And you're like, oh, boom, who's that beating a linebacker down the field for a tub? Yeah. Who's wide open? Oh, it's who's Greg right? Dulcich. It's Greg Dulcich. A little sprinkle of Greg Dulcich there. Uh, a little sprinkle of that. Okay, I like, I him like as that. The chives. It's a little cheating, but I'll go with he's it. He's a pass catcher. Do you want to say Mims is the last guy then? Oh, sure. And so he's cheese? Yeah. I don't know what. How, but that's but he is. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's cheese. Um, because oh, because he shreds defenses with there his speed. There you go. There you Boom. go. He shreds it. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. I like that. That was good. Big potato right there. Great comment, finessing. Great comment. I like that. That was yeah. a good comment. Good comment. 
And uh, with that, let's get into our first topic, Eric. Let's do it. We're talking about Vance Joseph returning back to Denver, a place that he called home, and he's taken over for a defense that was really good a year ago. What are your expectations from Vance? And uh, do you think there's any weirdness there that he used to be the guy in charge and now he's the defensive coordinator? No, listen, I, I think Vance answered it really well that there's no ego here. This isn't about pride. This is about winning football games. And he understands that he came here and got his chance. This is what he said on Wednesday. He had his opportunity and the Broncos didn't win enough football games. You know, I, um, I mean, what off the top of my head, I think they went, they won his six second games. year was better with Case Keenum there. Yeah, the defense was good his first year. So I think the Broncos went so, five and eleven and six and ten, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah. And so it just it wasn't it wasn't good enough from a results standpoint. I think uh, Vance Joseph understands that, but at the same time, um, you know, if there were any lingering feelings, a lot of the people that he worked with and around are not here anymore. Yeah, you know, there's new ownership, there's a new general manager. Obviously, the head coach, because he was the head coach, is different. Yep. Um, a lot of the players are different. You're looking at guys like Justin Simmons, Josie Jewell, um, you know, maybe a couple others. He obviously coached Kareem in Houston, but not here. I mean, there's very few guys that are left at all. Yeah. Um, from Cortland Sutton, not a defensive guy, but he was here. Yeah. Um, so in some ways, even though the, the building is the same and, you know, the walk to his office is probably similar and, he, you know, the routine is close it's a different environment now and it gives him one, a chance to be home, which he talked a lot about, obviously a CU guy. Um, and then, you know, the fact that he gets to work with Sean Payton, who he considers, I think he said he was one of the best offensive minds, play callers, one of the best play callers ever. Yeah. And so, um, listen, Vance Joseph is a guy, Phil, that I think is going to have a chance to be a head coach again in this league. If he has success, um, he was hired as a young head coach, and uh, maybe if the quarterback situation was different or a few things went differently, he would have had more success. But this is a guy that I think understands he's going to get that chance again. And so you don't want to pass up a good opportunity just from a, a pride standpoint. And listen, these guys love Vance Joseph. They want to play hard for him. It's been great to have him back around the building personally. I enjoy yeah. um, interacting with Vance. Of course. And uh, so I think it's great that he's back here and I think they can have a lot of success. Yeah. And you know, um, the interview process that Sean Payton, the way he conducted the search for the defensive coordinator, it was pretty well publicized. Yep. And so for Vance to win out there and uh, be the guy to come in here and lead this defense, that's a big opportunity for Vance. And I think that, you know, you mentioned, I assume that he wants to be a head coach again. And so the way you do that is your defenses really excel out on the field that's how you get noticed again. And then you say, Hey, that Broncos defense was really good. Vance is running that side of the ball. Let's interview him. And so, uh, I think an opportunity to coach guys like Pat Sertan, Justin Simmons, again, uh, R Randy Gregory, this, this could be a good defense again. Yep. And, uh, you know, if the Broncos win more games are going to, he's going to be in the spotlight a little bit here. So, um, this is a good opportunity for him and, uh, and a place that he's familiar with. So, um, I, I'm interested to see what he does with this defense, uh, Eric, because I don't think that you want to come in and just be like, okay, let's keep things, let's just run it back with the way that uh, Ajero Avero ran things last year. Um, nice. Everything okay? I, that was no, pretty I just, good, right? It's been that was months good. in the fact that you that still nailed it. I just dropped that, yeah. yeah. I just, you know, that, wow. that kind of stuff sticks with you. Yeah. That was Boom. good. Boom. Uh, I, you can't just be like, let's run it back. Let's just do what they did. Because I do think that if you look at that defense last year, th the situational football, you know, not all the time was it a situation where op an opposing offense was like, we've got to score a touchdown right here. We're going, we're throwing the whole bag out there. Uh, that wasn't the case a lot of the time. So maybe uh, the final statistics showed one thing, but but uh, I do think it is still it was still a really good defense, but you have to have your own personality uh, in the mix there too. So what do you think that Vance's personality is and what, what sort of twist will you put on this? Yeah, I mean, you're right about last year. There were times when they couldn't get off the field in terms of uh, stopping the run. Certainly Josh Jacobs oh, against man. this kind of Fangio-style defense that um, Ajiro Evero brought back and continued has had some issues stopping the run, I think. 
that that was a problem. You saw, I thought, several times momentum killing drives where like the Broncos scored a touchdown, I believe, against the Titans, and boom, you let one up after you hold them to nothing the whole game, and then immediately let them score right before halftime. Yep. You let the Ravens go down and score a touchdown at the end of regulation with a third string quarterback. Yep. And I mean. so, um, you know, you're you're you got some issues there that I think again were overlooked and they weren't pushing things always because the Broncos offense wasn't a threat as much of it sh- as much as it should have been I think you saw that toward the end of Vic Fangio Vic Fangio's tenure here too in terms of yeah. how much teams were attacking the Broncos um like what the Bengals that year with against Vic scored 15 points yeah and exactly. then went to the Super Bowl like yeah. that offense had more power potential but when you're winning the game, you're just doing enough to just sort of get through right. the game and, yeah. and win. And so I think with Vance, one, we've heard that he is doing some stuff to kind of keep things similar from a verbiage standpoint, which I think is helpful for these guys, especially the ones that have been in it for several years. But I think you're going to see a more attacking style of defense. And you saw that at times with Evero. Um, he blitzed more than Vic Fangio. Yep. Um, but I, I do think Vance, jo- Vance Joseph is going to come after you. Um my understanding of his defense is that it should be better against the run. Mm-hmm. It's just designed that way to be a little bit um, more guys better, up front there. Yeah, filling gaps. And, and uh, so hopefully against a team like the Raiders, who obviously should be at the top of everybody's mind because they're the week one opponent, um, you know, hopefully it's better poised to, uh, to deal with that. And I just think Vance Joseph has a lot of talent to work with here. Phil, you mentioned Simmons yep. and uh, Gregory and Sertan, and you also got Zach Allen. You got Frank Clark, DJ Jones is a really solid player. Josie yep. Jewell and Alex Singleton at linebacker. I mean, by the time Vance got here in 17, you still had a lot of p- pieces in place from that Super Bowl defense, but yeah, um, you know, you started to see guys slip a little bit maybe, or, you know, D Ware was gone. D Ware was gone. I think TJ Ward uh, left. Uh, Akib Talib was traded. I can't remember if that was 17 or eight. I think it was 18, mm-hmm. 18. Um, that he left. Um, you know, and so, you know, you, you saw some of these guys start to kind of move away. It changed. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't want to say just pound for pound that this defense is is better talent-wise than the one he had. But certainly I think you could argue it's comparable in terms of you've got a first-team all-pro in Pat Sertan. You've got a perennial uh, second-team all-pro type guy in Justin Simmons. You've got Randy Gregory, who you know can be really good when healthy. Um, So you've got some pieces here. And so I am excited to see what he's able to do with this group. And listen, Phil, they don't – I said this last year, but if Sean Payton's offense takes a step forward, this defense doesn't need to be top three – it just needs to be in a place where it can be top 10, top 12. Don't lose a game. And, uh, and get key stops when you need to. Yeah. And I think based on what we've seen, uh, that's possible. Yeah, that's an interesting thing is um, you want to be good enough so that you're just like winning these games. But also I think one thing that Vance is going to be tasked with is how can we get more game-changing type of plays? Yeah. You know, like instead of just being like a good defense that doesn't allow that many points, you know, how, how do you go make that strip sack that, you know, busts the game wide open? Or like how do you put Pastor Tan in a situation where, it's, where he's getting more interceptions? Or, you know, just things like that where you're dictating the, the terms there when you're on defense. And I do think that there were a couple of things that like stood out. Like I think it was Justin Simmons who said that uh, – he's really confident in what we're going to be able to do. And just the way that it was said, I was like, oh, I think they're going to maybe take some more chances here and there where maybe they can make a big play. I, I do think that that is something that Vance is going to try and bring to this defense is uh, let's just create some sparks here for our team. But at the same time, you don't want to do something where all of a sudden a game is like a, this wide open shootout. You know, you you want to play safe, but you also want to create these moments where you do take a chance. And we saw some of that, I think, like when Vance was here as the head coach, right? I remember against Dallas, Akeem Tlaib. Yeah. Uh, pick six. Big play, pick game, six. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't remember the other game there. You know, Akeem had some of those pick sixes. Some of that is a key, but also I think the defense that you put yourself in. Yeah. Justin Simmons, big clinching interception against the Raiders at home against Amari Cooper under Vans. I mean, you saw them make plays. And so you're right. The, the Broncos could use some of that. Give yourself an extra possession, steal some points here or there. Um, and these guys are going to play hard for him, which is uh, obviously the most important thing. But 
Phil, they're going to be tested, and uh, it'll come pretty quickly. A trip to Miami oh, in week three gosh. is going to be, I think, among the, tough. I think among the toughest games of the entire season. Uh, Justin Fields poses an interesting test. You got the Chiefs twice before the bye. I mean, in the first eight weeks of the season, you're going to play probably four offenses between Miami, the Chiefs twice, and the uh, the Jets that are just really Loaded. difficult. Loaded, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a test. I mean, even just in the division, the Mahomes factor, the Justin Herbert factor, you know, you've got to figure out ways to stop these guys. Yeah, so absolutely. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a tough task for Vance Joseph. But uh, if you can do it, that's how you get on some of these radars. And, uh, you know, uh, Sean Payton said, hey, there's these guys on my staff that I think are going to be head coaches again or, or, or for the first time. So um I think Vance is one of those guys. I mean, there were yeah, there were whispers last year. Even the Cardinals were not successful, but um, even as all that was going on, people were still talking about Vance Joseph being a possible candidate to be the head coach there. Yeah. So, oh yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully, he gets that second opportunity. Obviously, it didn't go well the first time, but you live and you learn. And he's got a lot yeah. more. He's got four more years experience now. So yeah. And you even hear from a guy like Zach Allen. He's like, I wanted to play for Vance. Again. Yeah. You know. So. That there's a lot of respect there, I think. So, uh, Eric, uh, moving on to our second topic here, one of those players who's going to play a huge role for Vance Joseph, Pat Sertain again. Yep. He might be staying on the field for a little bit longer, you know. You get the big stop on third down, and then uh, you just stay out there, Eric. Yeah. And I, uh, maybe you uh, you catch a couple of these punts. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's going to be a uh, every down sort of thing, but for those who, who didn't catch this, Sean Payton was asked, Hey, I saw you working with Pat Sertain on punt return. What was that all about? Um, and Sean Payton basically said, and this is twofold, I think. One is that Sean Payton is so detail-oriented and so um, in tune with every small little thing that he's already thinking about, okay, if punt returner number one goes down and we need somebody, we, we need somebody, hey, it's a, it's a key game in Kansas City and we need somebody that's sure-handed. Maybe you're not even having them return the punt. You just want somebody to go out there and catch the ball. Yeah. Who can we trust to go back there? And he said, okay, we're working through some options. Pat Sertan is a guy who did it in high school. He's a guy we trust, you know, for a living. He's trying to catch uh, the other team's passes. So here's a guy that we could potentially trust to throw back there. So that that's one element of it to me, Phil, is that Sean Payton is aware of every little thing and, and going through his options and willing to leave no stone unturned here. Yeah. Really? The, the second element is that, you know, it was suggested that Pat wants to be out there mm. and wants to help his team. And I think that's the bigger thing is that when your starters, and I think uh, Ben Kotwika said this on the podium, I believe it was him when your starters and your best players are also the hardest working and the ones who buy in the most, that's a sign of a good team because it convinces everybody else that they should do the same thing. And if Pat Sertan is willing to say, hey, I'm a first-team all-pro corner, I uh, you know, probably should be in the mix for defensive player of the year, I'm willing to go out there and return a punt and take a hit if I need to for this team to be good and to win football games, that tells you a lot about Pat Sertan's character, and it tells you a lot, I think, about how other guys should then buy in to what this team can be. Yeah, most definitely. And I think there's this sort of this notion that, like, special teams, like, oh, what if you get hurt playing special teams? But the way Sean Payton was talking about it this week was these are important snaps too. It's not like this is just some other part of the game that doesn't matter. You know what I mean? So he's like, if he can help this team, why wouldn't he be out there? It's a snap. It's it's a part of the game. And so uh, I think that that um, sort of just is part of the vibe that Sean Payton is creating here that, hey, all of this stuff matters. All of the snaps matter. And if you can help us here, then you're going to, then you're going to help us. And so I think that that's one of the things. But then also, I think if you're a guy like Sertan and you want to be one of the best of all time, you want you want to get maybe some – when guys aren't throwing to him, you you tend to not have the ball in your hands much. Do you know what I mean? Like, So if you can make an impact play this way, mm. that's another way for him to sort of get some – A Dion. Exactly. That's what I was trying to get toward is just that, like, hey – some of the greats in the past uh, have done this. You can make some game-changing plays this way. You can start to get a little bit of, you know, like like Micah Parsons, he can go and make the sack, and he's going to get attention here. Yeah. But, you know, like uh, Pastor Tan, if he locks down a guy, you're not really paying attention. So if he's catching the punt and he's returning it for a touchdown, you're like, whoa. Yeah. 
there's more eyeballs on you there a little yeah. bit. And I, you know, I didn't necessarily take it as he's going to be returning these. Yeah. I view him, I, based on what Sean Payton said, I've heard more of like, as a last resort, we need somebody to go out there and just catch the ball. Like a Rod Smith used to do that a little bit. Yeah. I think Emmanuel a couple yeah, times yeah, would couple do that. Times. Um, you know, that that's kind of what I view it as is like, Hey, let's somebody that we know is going to catch the ball. We don't have to worry about it. We'll take over at the 35 and, and, and go from there. Um, so that is, you know, part of it. But I would say just the, the fact that this is being emphasized, because the reason this is gaining attention is because last year Dwayne Stukes was asked about this. Yeah. And he said, absolutely not. Are you crazy? Like, that's how I lose my job when, like, yeah. a best my best player gets hurt on special teams. Because in that case, it would have been a special teams coordinator's idea instead of yeah, the head true. coaches, whereas this directive is coming from the head coach. Yeah. And I think that, too, sends a message about, hey, special teams is important from the very top here. That's why they brought in Mike Westoff and Ben Kotwika. You know, from the top down, this is being emphasized. And, Phil, listen, there is always that risk. I mean, Josie Jewell was having a great game against the Jaguars in 2021. Yes. Yeah, and and runs down the field, makes a great tackle, out for the season. Boom. Um Sertan, in this case, is not going to be tackling anybody, but, you know, the, you can and get it hurt. Happen. Right. And the, the play that Josie got hurt on, it was just a routine tackle. It's not like yeah. he got blindsided by some sort of block. Yeah. Um, he just made a tackle. It could have happened on defense. So I do think that the top – you got you got to be aware of the injury risk, and so that's why I'm not sure I would have him back there every time returning kicks and, like, trying to be neon Dion, but – Maybe they do go that way if they decide yeah. they need a spark. I mean, we saw sometimes, I think, in the past, Phil, where the Broncos, like, I can't remember what game it was, but at one point they would stick a keep to lead back there or Emmanuel Sanders, like, we need a big punt return something. here. Let's see if some if somebody can make something happen. Uh, because I do think the Broncos, their intentions are probably, I would assume, to have either Marvin Mims Jr. or uh, Montreal Washington back there in this role. I think, I think so. We've I think seen Kendall I, Hinton return punts at times. Yeah, yeah. But, like, you know, you hear about Marvin Mims, you know, during draft weekend and yeah. a lot of talk about how he's special in that role, you know, as, as a returner. So right. I think in an ideal world, one of those guys is the one is uh, returning punts back there and um, you're confident in their abilities to secure the catch and, and uh, also their return ability. But, yeah, maybe in some situations you, you might need uh, maybe the, one of those guys gets hurt and late in the game, you need a catch back there. Let's put. Let's see what. Let's see if Sartain can do. Yeah, or you. You know, uh, I don't. I don't think it was Montreal, Washington, but the Broncos have previously had some guys that have had issues with like muffed punts or yeah. muffed kicks. Yeah, and that happened to Washington last year, right yeah. in that Colts game. Um, and they left him in there, right? The Chargers was a Char Chargers game in overtime. Well, but there was one where I, mean, I think you're right. It was a Colts game where like there was a kickoff that. Um, maybe he muffed the and they yeah, recovered kinda, it. But okay. um, I, anyway, I think they left him in there. I don't know if I view, and again, that's just speculation based on like everything I've seen from Sean Payton so far. I don't know if I view Sean Payton as a guy who's going to let you muff multiple kicks and stay yeah. out there. Yeah. And so there's it, consequences. It could be like, Hey, somebody muffs an important kick. We're not trusting him back there for the yeah. rest of the game. Yeah. Pat, get out there and catch. these. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Even if they're healthy. So, yeah. Um, always good to have a backup plan. You only have so many guys active on game day. You've got to have them play multiple roles. And, uh, yeah, if Pastor Tan can help, that's great. And maybe he uh, maybe he tries to take one back at some point. Yeah. And it's an interesting headline if you're like, oh, is Pat Sertan going to be returning? It is interesting. You know, that's why it kind of catches yeah. the, the That's why we're talking about it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But but it was our second topic. It was. So not, not the, the most, most important. important. Yeah. Kind of buried it a little bit. A little bit. Uh, and then our third topic here today, Eric, uh, just talking about the addition of Frank Clark yep. coming in here. What can he do for the pass rush and particularly the pass rush specialist head, uh, position coach there? And then uh, second, is Frank Clark uh, just the first of some future additions that could be coming in here? Or are, is this roster in a good enough spot where let's just go into training camp and uh, we'll ride we'll ride with this crew? Yeah, you know, we'll um, in terms of Frank Clark, we've we've talked about him and and there's been a lot of discussion about him. But I would say his ability to to make big plays in playoff games is important, and so you know he's a big game player. I think pairing him with Randy Gregory is really intriguing. Um, he's a guy that 
did not frankly do very well in Seattle. I think three sacks in three years and then got to Kansas city and started playing really well. Yep. Um, he's a, he's won a lot. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, quite frankly, you look at that group after Baron Browning's injury, um, you'd either be expecting a big jump from a Jonathan Cooper or a Nick Benito, or you're needing to opposite Randy Gregory, or you're needing to go out and get somebody. And I like the idea of going out and getting somebody proven. Um, he's in the division. So he knows kind of what this rivalry is all about. He knows what it's like to face some of these AFC West quarterbacks. Um, and, and yeah, he should make them significantly better. I don't, I don't know if when Randy Gregory is healthy, I would think Randy is still the best pass rusher on the team. Agreed. Um, but Frank Clark, I think, is right there. And you now have a, a duo that you're like, and that's that's pretty good. Whereas pretty before, good. that was probably the area where I looked at it and had the most skepticism about this roster. Yeah, I think that like uh, draft weekend, we were like, oh, they're definitely going to add a pass rusher here. And they didn't do that. So um, that's just an area that you, you need – guys who can make an impact on the game, you know, especially we mentioned Mahomes, we mentioned Herbert, uh, see if Jimmy G is available uh, for the Raiders here, but you got to make the opposing quarterback feel your pressure. That leads to turnovers. That leads to all kinds of good things. Yep. So um, they needed to add somebody there. And it does seem like this Broncos team is very patient when it comes to this type of thing. You know, like yeah. it doesn't seem like they're like, uh, we got to do something right now. We got to bring it in bringing a guy you know they're just like it's gonna be fine don't yeah. don't worry about it they waited to sign cam fleming um they let some things develop before uh marquez callaway callaway signed with the team there were some other kind of free agent signings and you know they went after their initial guys but then the wave just continued and i think they yeah. were they were comfortable waiting cream jackson obviously came back after a, a decent wait there um they take their time with these type of things. Yeah. Even and with it, the hiring the coaching staff, yeah. people are like, what's going on? You know, and it's like. Just, it's better to just be right than to. Yeah. And, you know, who knows what these players, if, if you're right, but uh, it's better to be right than to be fast. Yeah. I would say that you've heard Sean talk about pressure players in general and the need for them. And he was saying, essentially, there's not many guys out there that are pressure players that can create their own issues for opposing offenses like Frank Clark. They were able to find that type of guy. I think you have one in Randy Gregory. Uh, the Broncos believe they have one in Zach Allen. They believe they have one in Drew Sanders potentially. Yep. But when you don't have those guys, then as Sean Payne was saying, you have to create it. You have to manufacture it. And that means sending blitzes. Scheme. It means, um, you know, exotic looks. Yeah. Any scheme related things, which then, leaves you vulnerable Somewhere elsewhere. Else. Yep. And if you're, say you're playing the chiefs and you've got to send six or seven guys because that doesn't work because you can't get there with four or five. Now yep. you're in trouble. Yep. And so, cause you got a single, uh, Travis Kelsey, or you've got a single, uh, Nicole Hardman. Is he still there? Uh, I think so. Maybe it was a free agent. There were some changes, uh, in their wide receiving group. Um, anyway, the, the, the point kind of still stands. They got a lot of guys. If you, if you, Mahomes cannot get pressure with four or five, you're going to be in trouble against those guys. And so the Broncos needed to add a pressure player that could be that type of guy. And I think now with, with a Randy Gregory and uh, Frank Clark and Zach Allen, when you're able to rush those three, you know, you hope one of those guys better can chance. get home better or uh, more often than not. Yeah. what do you think about the Madden trailer coming out and they had Mahomes dive in like that? Like, why did they have to yeah, do that? A little ridiculous. That kind of, I was like, Oh, it's kind of a shot. Maybe they just, didn't know about just what Frank you, Clark. This is just what you deal with, I think, when you've when you just been in this lot like yeah. for the Broncos. But maybe they didn't know Frank Clark was coming. Maybe yeah, he, Mahomes he won't tries have to chance. jump sideways, boom, boom helicoptered. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In a bad way. In a bad, bad helicopter. Bad helicopter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Eric, but uh, some what, uh, what other positions are you looking at where you think uh, they might look to add some competition or add some depth or – you know, we know that there's a kicking competition already. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say kicker. Yeah, that's that right off the top <laughs> that's of every my head. Fan yeah, is just dialed into the kicker. Randy Bullock. Um, yeah, you know, I look and really the only place I see is maybe defensive line. Um, mm. You know, I think quarterback obviously is fine. Running back, you could maybe add a like a fast kind of change Good. of pace guy there, but I don't think it's 
necessary wide receiver, you're fine. Offensive line, I like the depth there. Um, they added Cam Fleming as a swing tackle. You've got um, a lot of guys there in the interior that can play center or guard. Yep. Um, outside linebacker, I think you're now probably okay. Um, I actually probably wouldn't hate if they added one more like vet toward the end of camp, but Something. we'll see if, if they do that. Inside backer, depth's as good as it's ever been there. Drew Sanders, Jonas Griffith. Josie Jewell, Alex Justin Singleton, Strenad. Justin Cernod. It's a good group there. Yeah. Uh, corner, again, I think you're fine. Um, yeah. And safety, I think you're fine. So it, it really comes down to me defensive line just because, you know, right now um, you got a couple of guys dealing with some, some injury Purcell. things. Yeah. Uh, so you're looking at a starting group, I would think, of like a DJ Jones, Zach Allen, and then who's at that other – you know, you, you yeah. could move DJ Jones to defensive end and then have like a Tyler Lancaster could be an option there at nose. Um, you know, any Owazarike, maybe he's an option there. But yeah. you're counting on Owazarike, Matt Henningsen, Matt uh, Jonathan Harris. You're counting on those types of an guys. An guy to come to, in there and be a, to be a pretty in a lot, significant contributor. And so that's where maybe if there's a guy that you're like, hey, I, I know – we've got a proven guy that we can bring in and, and just shore this up a little bit more. That would be where, where I would look just, yeah. Again, it's not like a huge hole or anything, but it, it's just a question mark. And if you wanted to remove a question mark, I would probably look there. Yeah. That's like, uh, I think that that's fair. Uh, your assessment of the rest of the roster, maybe a running back, I think could be a, a position, but we'll have to see, you know, I, uh, champagne was asked about Javante Williams, before the offseason program really got rolling, Sean said, hey, I think that Javante's made pretty good progress here. We're expecting him to be good to go for training camp. Yeah. And uh, he was asked at the end of the offseason program on Thursday, how do you feel? And he said, I feel the same. Yeah. And, and again, so, yeah, some of that is, hey, if Javante's not ready to go for whatever reason or suffers a setback or something, we're knocking on wood here that that doesn't wood, happen. But if that does happen, then, yeah, running back becomes a much bigger need. Yeah. As it stands now, I don't see it that way. Um, especially, you know, we talk about this Joker type player. If that's Greg Dulcich, mm. you know, for Sean previously, it's been a, it can be a running, running back. back. If it's a tight end and you're not throwing 80 passes to Alvin Kamara, maybe you don't need that same type of guy. Maybe you count on Samaj or Javante to, to catch those passes. But yeah, uh, it's worth monitoring that spot, I guess. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and you never know, running back always feels like a position where there's a guy that you don't really know much about, and then during training camp or in the preseason, you're like, who is this guy? Yeah. It, it always seems like there's a running back that's like Tyler that, Beatty, and a wide receiver. Tyler Beatty had a, a kind of a good end of the season. Jaleel McLaughlin is an undrafted guy a lot of people like. Yep. Um, they're quicker, I think, than in a different kind of body type than a, a Javante or a, a Samaje. So, yep. um, you know, maybe they prove that they, they deserve a spot here. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then I agree. Uh, defensive line, maybe a couple of unproven guys that you're counting on right now. If you're looking to shore up some stuff, uh, I can see that. And yeah, especially if you want to play DJ at nose. Yeah. If you're okay playing yeah. DJ at defensive end and, do, and doing a Wazarike or a, yeah, Purcell when he gets healthy or, um, you know, uh, Tyler Lancaster, if one of those guys is okay in the middle, then yeah. then maybe it's not as big of a deal. But if you want DJ to play inside, especially on early downs, I think you need somebody maybe outside. Unless yeah. you think Henningsen or Jonathan Harris is ready to take that step. Yeah. And we saw Henningsen play a lot at the beginning and middle of last season, not so much at the end. So we'll, we'll have to just see. Yeah. And again, when the pads come on, you can tell a little bit more. Yeah. So maybe they're waiting to see. And it doesn't have to be immediate. It doesn't have to be a guy that sticks. Broncos last year brought in uh, Joe Schobert thinking, thinking he could be a potential starter. He lasted three days. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes you just kick the tires on these guys. Yeah. These kind of things happen all the time. It's like not just a training camp type of thing. No. You know, it's just all the time. There's there's Bring normally, it, it seems like, for each team, like one training camp edition that yeah. is somewhat meaningful, right? Yeah. So we'll, we'll just see kind of how that goes. Yeah. All right, Eric, uh, I think it's time for shout-outs. Let's do it. Of course, uh, shout-out to uh, Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., KCP, Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, Jeff Green. I mean, I could keep going. DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, yeah I mean, these Michael guys. Michael Malone. Michael Malone. Uh, 
this is just um, Bones a special Island. time. Uh, excuse me. Uh, for this Nuggets uh, Nuggets squad and the whole city, so uh, shout out to them. Uh, keep keep that going. Shout out to them for sure, for sure. So shout out to our friend Liz Gerald. Of course, the, co- the work in the community doesn't stop. No, it doesn't. Some uh, f- uh, seven on seven. Oh, Bobby yeah. Mess this time. Yep, and uh, <laughs> offensive line challenge, lineman challenge, the finals this weekend. Yep. Our friend Ben Swanson, he's getting ready to cover that. That's why he's not here right now. I was going to say, where do you think Ben Swanson is? I don't know. I haven't seen him in a while. We haven't really talked since about the, that. Since the uh, Game 5 win, he's kind of just been MIA. I have not seen I think he was walking him. with Aaron Gordon. I did see him in those videos. Yeah, down, uh, what, Broadway? Was that Broadway? Yeah, well, he walked home, it yeah. seems like. So yes. how do you think that happened? Swanson happens? was in that warehouse, I think, with, how with does Gordon. Where he lives? Yeah, he lives in a warehouse, huh? Yeah. Kind of a, he's got a full basketball court yeah. in his house. You think like his uh, his agents one. like here I'll find you a real estate person. He's like I just give me a, the best give me warehouse. warehouse. Give me a nice warehouse. I don't want an apartment. Give me the best warehouse. I think if you made a warehouse really cool, you know that open lofty kind yeah, of probably uh, expensive to keep air conditioned and heated yeah. in the winter. You gotta park your car. Security problems. If you just drive your car right, right in there. into it, yeah, it's no problem. Yeah, I heard teammates go over there. They play. You know, they you just take drive your right shoes in. off, or what do you do? Like when you go you inside? Have, well, to play, you have to have your shoes on. But like when they go into the home portion, the home part or is there it. just like a couch somewhere? No. Like a, there's just like a bed. I bet next you there's to, a living area. There's a bed next to the court. That, I'm intrigued by the warehouse. That's the dedication it takes to win a championship. Yes, so. Yeah. yeah. You know what that's like. I'd live in a warehouse for a year if the Rockos won a championship. Yeah. Just like curled up in the corner. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's nice, more of a sad warehouse. Kind of like under my desk. As long as I can have a desk in there. Yeah. I'd be just okay. typing. <laughs> right. All right, well, I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, have no fear. The off-season program is over, but We're the still neutral here. zone keeps going. That's right. It doesn't. Re- we don't really take a break. No. We don't really know what that is. We'll, we'll never find out. Because when it's Thursday, it's neutral it's zone day. It's NZ day. Exactly. Exactly. So we'll be back next week with more of your very favorite podcast. Nice. Right. Maybe Ben Swanson will be here. Maybe he won't be. I doubt it. Yeah, we'll have to see if we can find him. All right, that's going to do it for us. For Eric Dahl, I am Phil Milani. You've been listening to The The Neutral Zone.